This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Hi, everybody. So we know this one is homecoming month, so we're preparing for next Sunday to be our homecoming service. So since it's homecoming month, we figured we'd talk a little bit about the significance of homecoming. Why should we come back to in-person service? Why is it not a big deal to just stay online? So I just have five things that I believe the Lord showed me this morning. Uh, reasons why it's important, why we should, why we should be encouraged and motivated to come back to in-person service. So before I get into it, I just want to say this is not a rebuke, it's not to condemn, it's not to judge or anybody for their choice to come back to in-person service, but rather to jar you and to encourage you uh, and to give you something to analyze and think about within yourself and your decision that you should, that you uh, are making. So I'm going to a lot of reading today because I want to make sure I get into the way that God showed it to me. So um, first thing is that church is more than just listening to a sermon, first and foremost. It's an experience and it's an exchange between other believers. It's where you grow. It's where you help others grow. It's where you benefit from the various different ministries that we provide. It's where you serve. It's where you give uh, your gifts and your talents and your spiritual gifts to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. It is where you can mentor churches where you can receive mentoring and also receive accountability. So just watching church online, you don't get all those things. Church is more than just listening or watching a sermon. We have to make it a practice to go hard after God and go hard after the things of God. When things are going good, when all is well, when things with the pandemic seem to chill a little bit and life goes back to normal, we still have to go hard after the things of God. We don't just want to wait um, until crisis before we start going hard after the things of God. And when I say go hard after the things of God, I mean in every area of your life at any, uh, any chance that you get. And that includes coming to his house as well. A lot of times, the second that we are delivered, we got relief from whatever we're going through, we fall back a little bit from the things of God. And we do the bare minimum because we feel like everything in our life is going good. Then we get into crisis, and then we jump back on hard for God again. And as believers and faithful believers that we should be since God is faithful to us, we have to make the commitment to go hard all the time throughout our lives, through the good and through the bad. So I'm just going to leave with a question. This is a rhetorical question for you. To answer within yourself, for those who are in-house and those who are online, the question is, why have you not returned consistently to in-person service? Rhetorical question for you to answer within your own self. Why have you not consistently returned to in-person service? Whether that's DFC or wherever it is that you attend, wherever you're fed, why have you not returned back to in-person service? And this question, when you answer within yourself, try to answer it free of excuses, because we can all have plenty of excuses. Why we shouldn't come back. So that's it for you to chew on. What's the real reason? Be real with yourself and be real with God. Is it because you're content? Is it because you're comfortable? Is it because it's now inconvenient to be getting up early in the morning on Sundays when we had a year where we got to just stay at home and wash our beds? Is it because we really don't feel like it? Is it because we're disconnected? Um, we use this as an excuse at this point, and I've got comfortable in the excuse. Again, please hear my heart in this and understand that this is not. Uh, condemnation. This is for you to think within yourself and ask these questions within yourself. Uh, my experience with online church is we were in a pandemic. 
they were in church a couple days later, we found out shut down. Okay, that's different. You know, I've always grown up in church and consistently gone to church, but now I'm online. And in the middle of the pandemic, I also had a baby. So when we got back to the in-person church, I was still like in my time frame of I would away for X amount of weeks until the doctor say we're taking the baby out. And it was a struggle for me to give my full attention to online church. And that's because when you're at home, you have things that you can do. You can be folding laundry, you can be cooking, you can be playing with the kids, dance juniors, trying to play basketball, play catch, catch, this, that. And all while I'm trying to receive and get all that ass to me. So for me, it's too much going on, too much distraction at home for uh, online church. Um, another reason, another thing to think about is that we have to prioritize the things of God. We have to make it a priority when it's convenient, when it's not convenient. We do everything else in the whole wide world that we want to do. We travel, we go to football games, we send our kids to school, we go back to work, we go to the grocery store, we go to the doctor's office, we go on dates, we go out to eat. We do everything else in the whole wide world that we want to do. Why is coming back to the house of God? This is a rhetorical question within yourself. Why is coming back to the house of God the last thing that we want to do? Answer that question within ourselves. Um, okay, so well, I have more reasons now that I was a rhetorical question. Please chew on that every day at all times. Write in your notebook. Why have I not returned to service? And write all the reasons why you have not consistently. Maybe you come every once in a while, but why have you not consistently returned? And that's a question that you really can answer within yourself. Uh, now, number one, reasons that I should return back to in-person church. Your children's lives and their well-being wow. depends on it. Wow. Your children's lives and their well-being depends on it, both now and in their future, when they're grown. Okay? And this is why. This is the reason why. In the same way that we acknowledge that we don't know everything about the fourth grade, we don't know everything about math and science and social studies. I can do my best. I don't know everything, though, so I need to send them to school. If I don't send them to school, I already know they're not going to know what they should know. They're not going to be prepared. We do not know everything that we need to know about the Word of God. We do not know everything that we need to know about teaching our children faith. This is why they just come to church. We can supplement at home. We can have our little Sunday school or whatever we, we, we have. I teach my children at home about God all the time. But if, when I bring them to the house of God, there's a new level of faith that they, they get. A new level of uh, armor that they put on. Pastors went to the whole armor series. Our children need armor does as bad as we do. We got the utmost armor. We got our kids out here raw. We got our kids out in the world raw. The devil's coming after children too. Did you know that children can suffer with depression, anxiety, fear? Children can suffer with inadequacy. Children can suffer with family issues. Children are well more aware than we think they are. They need to be prepared for battle as well because the devil is not just coming for us. Our children, their lives depend on it both now and in the future. Whether they're 2, 3, 16, 18, your children's lives depend on coming back to in-person service so that they can have the armor on for when God is coming for them. I know that's a hard one. I know that's a hard one because it's bigger than just you. It goes back into your family. Alright, the next thing is why have we prioritized school over children's church for our children? This is spiritual growth thinking. This is spiritual growth that they get by coming to nursery, by coming to children's church. I work at home. They get the word of God on their level, where they can apply it. And I hear it come out of my child when he's learning class. Against fear, against all types of things in the world, evil. He knows. He knows what the word of God is, and he knows the fruits of the spirit. He's ready for battle for a three-year-old's red battle. 
Okay, so it just prepares them. Why are we helping prioritize school? We couldn't wait to get our kids back in school. We were mad when the school districts said they didn't stay at home. We were literally mad. Why have we not prioritized the same, kept that same energy when it comes to bringing our children back into the house of God? Now, spiritual growth is the most important growth. They can have straight A's and know everything they need to know in school. That's passes away. What's lasting and what's eternal is their spiritual growth and development. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, but their spiritual growth is more important than their academic growth. It's important. They need it. Spiritual growth is even more important than that. Yet we focus on natural things that do not last. That someday will end. We have to teach our children to prioritize the things of God. What are we saying to our children when we make it like going to church is not a big deal? What does that show our children about the things of God? What does that show our children about being faithful and consistent with God? What does that show them about what's important in our lives? Maybe we're not saying, you know what, movies, fun, travel is more important than things of God, but that's what our actions are showing. Everything's not just what our words say, a lot of it has to do with our actions. So we're showing them it's no big deal. This is what they take with them into their adulthood. So yes, you can watch the service online, and you can get something out of it. But what are we putting first in our life that seeks out convenience instead of commitment? It takes more effort to get dressed and drive to church than to put open a computer or turn on the TV screen. Our children and our grandchildren are learning by our actions what takes priority in our lives. God's house or your own desires, your own personal agenda. Commitment or convenience, what takes priority? We teach by example that church is a privilege we should never take for granted. And we need to make this engraved in our children. If we're honest, if our children have not been in church, have we really been diligently teaching them? Have we really been making sure they're receiving the word on a regular basis? Maybe they have, maybe play podcasts and they're listening to it. Are they really receiving at their level something that they can apply right now at 5, at 10, with the weight of the world, movie screens and social media and TikTok all over their face? Do they have something to combat off that? Likely not. Likely we're not good doing the best that we can in making sure that they're provided with that. Good essence. Just be real. What's in our children is what will come out of them. Only so long for our children to rely on our prayers. They need to know how to pray for themselves. Only so long our children can rely on our faith. They need to learn how to utilize faith for themselves. They can utilize it even as small children. Both for their now life and for their future life. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Part of that is making sure they're in church consistently, where they're learning the word of God. So when they're old enough, all that's within them will come out. So when your child is in crisis, what's going to come out of their child? Think about what's in their face and their ears and their eyes and their faces. That's what's going to come out. I'm not trying to keep them. I'm just trying to give you something to think about. When you know better, then you do better. No judgment, no condemnation. Psalm 78, 4 through 8 says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unmakeable, refusing to give their hearts to God. The devil's coming for generations. He does not want your children to know God. He does not want your children to know things. He doesn't want your grandchildren. He doesn't want to know ten generations from 
starts with you. Making sure your children are trained up and raised up in the things of God, then they pass it on to their children. I wasn't trained that way, why would I pass it on? We train up our children and pass it on. That was coming for generations. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't just want to kill us, steal from us, and destroy us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything and everyone that we know and love. Including our children and our families. That was a long one, but I have two more. Do not forsake those from brother. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Acts 2, 42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to charity meals. With great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people, and each day that the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So God commands a blessing on the fellowship of the believers. Okay? Church is not just a building, it's the people, and we need each other as people. Um, when we're online, it's great, you can receive, but ultimately we're going to observe online. We're in the house, we are participants. Wow. So that is why God told people that were able to come down to the altar and have hands laid on them. They were in, they were able to be a participant in the manifestation of healing that happened today. Wow, that's good, S. So theologically, according to the Bible, relationally, experientially, people need people. And the church is a community, an in-person community. We need each other. The Bible emphasizes the importance of the local church several times, and I'm going to get into all the scriptures, but it's something that the Bible emphasizes, the importance of a local church gathering of believers. Um, the level of conviction, motivation, accountability in person is something that cannot be found online. You get that in person. Number four, physical connection is the best kind of connection. When we gather together, we encourage each other. Won't this, we won't get the same level of encouragement or connectedness as those times when we are physically present with each other. Last year, me and my family had to have a virtual Thanksgiving, and it was not the same. It was not even nearly the same as having an in-person Thanksgiving. Same thing online with church. It is not the same. It is not the same experience. Hebrews 10, 25 says, uh, we read that uh, the act of a gathering is an act of encouragement. Even the best intentions in the world, distance creates some measure of division. Who can have an online relationship forever with somebody? Who can be married and have an online relationship forever? It, it just creates a level of uh, disconnectedness. In distance, we lose some of the degree of empathy we have, unity, and the feeling of when we are apart from each other physically. That is not to say that non-physical connections can't be good, because they can, because thank God that we at least got a, a virtual Thanksgiving. Could have been not seeing each other, period. So we got something, but it was not the same as being connected in person. There's no way in the world that it was the best. We deserve the best. Our children deserve the best. Our families deserve the best. When we got physically, in the same spatial location, it is an expression of our unity and togetherness. This is the reason why people still want to go to restaurants, movies, football games, despite the fact that there's live streaming, despite the fact that there's Netflix, there's other ways that you can do those things virtually. People want to still go out because people have a hunger and a need for community. Let's keep that hunger and need for community the same way we keep it at restaurants and traveling and here and there in the house of God because we need each other here. The reality is that communities are not created virtually, but we are physical beings. We are tangible, multi-sensory, enjoying life's experiences more than all our uh, experience, all our five senses are at play. And then the last thing is, there is a tone structure that pushes towards God's people being together in the closest ways possible. In the absence of being together physically, the apostles used other means like writing letters to talk to the churches, and those things were available, and safety got zoomed. That's better than letter writing. But it's still 
as complete as coming together physically with other believers who have similar mindsets, having a same goal in living faithfully for God. Which is why for all the usefulness and benefits of online meetings, they also leave us with a degree of dissatisfaction. It's not, it's just not the same. So in closing, there's going to be a time when you can't make it to church. No one can make it to church every single Sunday, every single Thursday. So there's a time and place, but this should be an exception, not the rule. We're constantly um, spending online to try to be connected to the house of God. The tendency today is to isolate ourselves in front of electronics where we interact with the screen instead of each other. The Facebook like and the Facebook love button um, and typed comments have been replacing friendly faces, replacing hugs and fist bumps and handshakes, and it's not the same. It's not the same interaction. And then uh, the last point is that knocking on, I'm not knocking online service. I'm not knocking any of you watching the service. I'm not knocking any of you in here who watch online sometimes. Online is a great tool, we thank God for it. People get saved and healed and free through virtual services all the time. So it is a great tool. But one of the surest ways to stay true to your faith as a believer is joining a church in person to spiritually grow and mature with other believers who encourage us and keep us accountable so that our ourselves and our families and our children can have the best life that God has for us. So let's get back to in-person church. word blessed your life thank you so much for tuning into our podcast don't forget to connect with us on facebook and instagram and i want you to know that at destiny faith church we're more than a church we're a family